And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And before we get into our Bible study for the day, and don't forget to join us and 20 million other people as we all study from the book of Acts chapter 5 today. Wow. Movement of faith. So Darren's decided to uh, stay with us. So I'm that's staying fantastic. for this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> fantastic. And uh, Mon, before we get into it, what's our, um, what's our next clue for the quiz? Mm, so it's a what city am I quiz. And the latest clue is this. This city was the site of the Israelites' second conflict in Canaan under the leadership of Joshua. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, um, Darren, um, don't give the don't give the answer away, but do you know the answer? Well, I've, the javelin one gives away a little oh, bit. Okay, but yeah. you got it on the javelin one. Yeah, I got it on the javelin one too. But we thought that was a fairly obscure clue, and I was thinking, yeah, no one else is going to get the javelin one. But there you go. <coughs> These are. Um, I should know better than to quiz somebody on these kinds of stories who is involved in children's ministry because, you know, I grew up on these stories as a kid. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I was learning recently, the weird stories in the Bible are the ones where God's grace gets shown the most. That's so interesting. Mm. Mm. Never really thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. Very good. So where are we up to in our Bible study? We are in the book of Acts, and we are in Acts chapter 5, and today we are going to study about sick handkerchiefs. What? Yeah. Did you know that handkerchiefs get sick? (laughs) The Bible says handkerchiefs get sick. So Darren was was talking to me about um, weird stories in the Bible uh, just then. So Darren, here's a weird story for you. (laughs) <laughs> He's looking at me like, what? What, what on what, earth what are, you are you talking about? <laughs> do you just put them in the wash when they're sick? Is it how you do <laughs> Make them clean again? Okay, so the only way you can ever know about sick handkerchiefs is if you read this passage in the old King James Version of being a, a children's pastor. I don't. You probably never read that version, Darren. Oh, well, in my childhood, I learned in that version. There you go, there you go, there you go. Um, but in the old King James Version, there is a missing comma. Ah. Um, and uh, I, I can show it. To, well, actually, uh, Mon, why don't you read for us um, Acts chapter 5 and uh, verse 12 to 16. And having read that, I will, then, I will then show you where in this passage you find the sick handkerchiefs. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went Mm. by. Crowds came from the villages throughout Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. There you go. Okay, so I'll settle this issue of the sick handkerchiefs just so that we can move on, all right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. In uh, verse 15 in the KJV, it says, Insomuch, there's a good word for you, that they brought forth the sick unto, into the streets and laid them on beds and count, couches, that... Um, uh, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude. Uh, where, I've, I've lost the verse now. I've lost it. It was right here. The sick handkerchiefs are gone. They've gone. They were right <laughs> in front of me. Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to look it up. How did that? How did that disappear? Maybe I. Maybe I even. Anyway, 
I will find it for you. The sick handkerchiefs are. Yeah, you leave us hanging, but yes. like a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate it when I know it's like okay, there's a, there's a passage right here. It, it is. It is Friday. Darren, do you know that brains don't work most of the week because on Monday it's Monday, your brain can't work, and on Wednesday it's Hump Day, so your brains are mush. On Friday it's almost a weekend, so your brain can't work. So really, you only get Tuesday and Thursday. So, and maybe that's a four-day week is something in it. That I know, right? Earlier, so. Well, you just make it two days, just Tuesday and Thursday. The rest of the week you get off. That's right. Maybe we'll be more productive. <laughs> all right, all right. While I, while I find my sick handkerchiefs, because I know they are in the Bible somewhere, right? And I thought they were right here, and they have just uh, disappeared and vanished. Um, we are going to read next John chapter 14, uh, verse 12. And while we're turning there, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Here you've got a situation where the shadow of Peter touching a person uh, causes that person to be healed. Did Jesus ever do a miracle like that when he was here on this earth, visibly walking around on this earth? I don't remember his shadow doing any healing, no. I can remember the corner of his garment. Okay. Oh, very good, very <laughs> mm. good. So there was the woman who had the issue of blood for, was it 10 years? Yes, yes. And the crowd was very, very thick. As Jesus was going through the streets of, I think it was um, Capernaum. Yes. And she squeezed through the crowd and she couldn't reach Jesus, but she somehow managed to just touch the hem of his garment. So you can sort of imagine her reaching out with all of the stretch that she That's has <laughs> and, and just touching it with one finger through the press of people and instantly she's healed. That's a pretty impressive miracle right there, isn't it? I love mm. it. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic story. Shows the power of God. And, of course, the other crazy thing about that story is Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? <laughs> Everybody's touching him. You've been in a really, really big crowd. I've been in a couple of big crowds. Uh, one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest crowds I've ever been in was in uh, one of the closest presses of people I've ever been in was maybe in uh, Rio de Janeiro getting onto a train mm. where it was just push mm. and shove and keep pushing and shoving until you can eh, get the doors closed and then you can't move. Be quite safe, I'm sure. It's like you're surrounded by um, airbags. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I shouldn't describe it that way, but. Um, uh, yeah, but imagine being in a crowd like that and you, then you say, who touched me? But Jesus knew because he knew that his, his supernatural creative power had been at work through this woman's faith. He wanted to make an example of saying, hey, look at this. This is a woman that did everything she could to get near me. That's right. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and, and what a great story that was. So that's probably the closest that comes to this. Touched the hem of his garment. I, I don't remember Jesus ever healing with his... Well, the, the Bible says he healed many. We only have a few stories of his healing here. Yes. And so we don't know. Maybe he did walk through a city and everyone got healed. Um, we don't know. But, but it talks about him walking through cities and healing people. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, Mon, have you got that verse for us there? Yes. John chapter... Oh, John chapter 14, verse 12 was where we were looking for. John chapter 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me anything. Ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Yeah, I mean, that's, it does say that they will do even greater works. Mm-hmm. So... And when you think about it, you know, if you look at the supernatural events that took place under the ministry of the disciples, there was some pretty some pretty big things that happened, wasn't there? Yeah. 
You think about uh, Dorcas, or t- otherwise known as Tabitha, mm-hmm. uh, who Peter raised from the dead. And by the way, should, we should clarify this. Did Peter do any of these? No. Whole- and, and we need to clarify this because we've already read that, you know, when, uh, when he just healed the lame man, that, you know, he was very, very clear uh, both in his sermon and when he goes to court over it, that this was done by Jesus Christ. Mm. This mm. is this is not this is not Peter's power, but it is happening through Peter, and so we're saying that you know Peter did this. Got, uh, and that's what's causing the issue here is that um, Jesus been crucified, and he is a group of men now saying that we are healing and and we are we are doing wonders in his name, and that's causing quite some concern to the established church. Most assuredly. And this is this is really getting um, you know it's getting them them a little bit stirred up and is you know their their power is is really under threat right here um, <clears throat> because they are um, yeah they are they are struggling with this one okay you know what without my sick handkerchiefs mm-hmm. I was way off the mark is that Acts nineteen. I was way off the mark. You found it. You found yeah, it. Yeah, I found it. The sick handkerchiefs are in the book of Acts, and I thought it was this story where the shadows were doing the healing, but I was way off the mark. So where, that's, now you've, got, you've done it. Tell I, don't us. Know, I, don't, I, don't th- I don't think we can. We might have to save that before we get to Acts 19. <laughs> you realise we have three months of Acts. <laughs> no, I was so confident. I'm like, yes, let me read this from the King James Version. I start reading and it's like, it's not there. But, I mean, it's a, it's a remarkable story in and of itself that someone's shadow is, you know. Okay, so we, we are going to talk about the sick handkerchiefs mm-hmm. today because I okay. think it does go right along with, with the shadow story, with mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit as God was, you know, working through the disciples at this particular time and the miracles that were taking place. And it tells us a little bit about, you know, the kind of miracles that we should be expecting to take place through our ministry as well. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I do find it astounding that the Bible just then said that the Holy Spirit will come and that the disciples will do more and greater miracles than Jesus, especially when John finished off his his book by saying Jesus also did many other things. And if they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. And that's what Jesus did. And then mm-hmm. to say that the disciples are going to do even more. He did that in three and a half years. Yeah, in three and a half, it just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. No but, wonder they're shadows. But, but when you read Joel, mm-hmm. it says it's going to happen again. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Before the great and terrible day of the yeah. Lord. Yes. Most, yeah, it certainly does. Okay, I'm going to read. I mean, here's my, I've got my verse now. We're in good shape. Here's the handkerchiefs. And, and it goes right along with what we're talking about here. And it's Paul, not Peter. I've got to eat lots of humble pie this morning. <laughs> you know, we had, this, we had this obscure clue for the quiz and I nailed it on the first one. <laughs> and I've been sitting here, you know, pride goeth before a fall. <laughs> I have fallen. Here's your it's, fall it's Friday. Laugh. It's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. this, is, this is my this At is my least co-host. it happened on radio so we can all have a good laugh my while. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. yeah, do it publicly in front of the whole of Australia. Why not? Okay, here we go. Uh, verse 11, and God wrought spirit, special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. So that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. Wow. <laughs> okay, so the, the, the significant thing about this particular verse 
In fact, if you want to read it from your translation, it will make sense. This is the only translation where it makes no sense. Acts um, 19, is it? Yes, Acts chapter 19, verse 12. And the reason it doesn't make sense is because it's missing a comma, which highlights for us one of the challenges of New Testament translation where the New Testament was written in all capital letters with no spaces between the words full and no full stops, commas, or punctuation marks. Okay, so Darren, what have you, uh, what have, what have you got there in the... In the Mine in says it a little bit differently. Um, it says, when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, comma, they were healed. There you go. That, that certainly makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was actually a mistake um, that was made in the KJV version. That um, there's a mistake in the Bible. Wow, what? This is not the mistake only in translation. Uh, uh, <laughs> is, yes, and this is not the only one. And all translations uh, have mistakes. You cannot do a translation without um, having mistakes somewhere, and uh, particularly when it comes to punctuation. So don't get too bent out of shape over punctuation. Punctuation in the New Testament is uninspired. It's placed there by the translators. Uh, okay, so we were... Um, Where are we? Where are we? We are talking about <laughs> miracles. We are talking about miracles done by the apostles. We've ta- looked at the promise where Jesus says, you will do greater things than I did. Do you think that maybe has set up uh, people for worshipping the apostles? Well, it certainly became a problem for... Uh, Paul and Barnabas, I think it was, in the city of, and it will come to me here in a moment, was it Iconium? I think it might have been. I'll have to look it up. Where they were actually worshipped mm. and, mm. and, and people were like, yeah, this is uh, Jupiter and Mercury. I mean, aren't there people still now who worship St. Peter and this kind of thing? Yes. Um, in a different kind of a context to back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been to St. Peter's Basilica where you find the statue of Peter that was previously named Jupiter oh. mm. and mm. You know, been moved um, into St. Peter's Basilica and renamed as St. Peter. And they've had to replace his, his foot, his right foot, many, many times because people kiss it so often that it... Um, Where's away? I think they've replaced it like five times. Ew. <laughs> and there was a long lineup of people there to kiss the foot of this statue. Mm-mm. And I just sort of stood back and thought, you know, I've seen this in uh, in non-Christian countries, um, you know, where people are touching, kissing statues, rubbing statues um, and this kind of thing. And I'm just sort of thinking, you know, how, how is this actually different? Someone please explain. that's worship, right? Well, that's, how, that's what I would define as being worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that, um, you know, the Roman Catholic Church doesn't define that as worship. They say, no, this is, this is how we remember them. Veneration of the saints. Veneration. Yeah. Um, and I look at what happens, you know, in, in temple in Japan. They were doing the same thing with um, certain statues there in a, in a Shinto temple. And I'm thinking, okay, what's, what's the difference here? Well, same with us even today. I mean, you have some great preachers that um, are on the circuit. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've got to be careful all the time. You don't worship the preacher that you listen mm. to the message. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is part of our culture, mm. you know, mm. because our culture worships celebrities. That's right. And within Christianity, depending on what church you come from, you are, you know, the, the, some of the more charismatic churches, you have music celebrities. In the Adventist church, our biggest problem is we have preacher celebrities, celebrity preachers. 
Yep, that we place on a pedestal. And yep. when they fall, if and, and they, some do fall, that's when huge issues, huge crisis of faith comes. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying, remember that we worship God, we don't worship the person. So It's the message that the man brings, not the man that brings the right. message. Because but, the reality is that every single one of us is a human being who falls. That's right. It's just those big public ones that um, you know come crashing down and bring down half the forest with them. That uh, you know that, that that really do so much damage. Um, and, and I guess as a preacher, I've got to be careful. I always point people. People after the sermon say, "Oh, great sermon, Darren." I say, "No, don't thank me. Thank God. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, praise yeah. God. Pointing to God. Mm-hmm. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Yes. It's not the man who brings the message. It's the message that the man brings. All right. So we've got this incredible miracle that has, or miracles that are taking place. It begins with the healing of the lame man, and it just now it's getting completely out of control. So how do the rulers of Israel, or Judah, I should say, at this particular time, how do they respond? Let's, um, let's go back to the book of Acts, chapter 5, and let's go down to... Uh, where, where, where did we finish up? Did we finish up in verse 16? Yeah, yeah, up to verse 17. Yep, 17, 18. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in... In the public jail. Read another verse. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. (laughs) Okay, so um, Darren and Mon, if you have been thrown in jail and an angel comes and opens the door and let you go free, Mm -hmm. what would would be your first um, inclination to do? To go hide and escape? Yeah, run, right? Yeah. yeah. Run. <laughs> run. Get out of there. <laughs> um, what do they actually do? Mon, please keep reading. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. <laughs> But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, yeah, keep, re- keep, re- keep reading, keep reading. When I, the cap- I shouldn't butt in yet. <laughs> when the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Oh, it's an awesome story. I love this story so much. <laughs> Isn't that what they just got arrested for? <laughs> <laughs> That's just what they got arrested for. And uh, yeah, they're where are they getting their boldness from? Why haven't they run? You know, the, the three of us here, our first inclination is, okay, I've just got out of jail. You know, Jesus was crucified in this city, you know, a few weeks earlier. You know that this is a life and death situation. These guys are dead serious. And, they, and those guys fled when Jesus was crucified or well, in the temple. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Something's yeah. happened in those few weeks. <laughs> Something has changed because, I mean, they ran so fast that, you know, one guy, they grabbed hold of him and he just he just took his clothes off and left his clothes behind and, and kept, kept running. Going, yeah. he, he was that desperate to get away from the mob that was arresting Jesus. Now they've been set free. Now they're running to the temple. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's stand up here in the most public place, in the centre of the uh, Jewish religion and start preaching about Jesus Christ. What's changed? They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, they are converted. 
The resurrection of Jesus? The resurrection of Jesus. Okay, so this is this is something that we've actually been highlighting here is that where you've got a uh, where you've got an effect, you've got a cause. And this is a major effect. What's going to give these men this level of boldness? You know, if you've seen if you've seen and experienced the resurrection of Jesus and you know that he's real and you know that he's God and you know that he's in charge, you've got nothing to be afraid of. And mm. they are demonstrating that. And sometimes I wonder, do we know it in the same way that they knew it? We're going to take a break. We're going to listen to the Clark family. They're going to bring to us Big Enough, and we'll be back right after this. I've got a heart that's full of faith-filled helplessness There are mountains ahead that I can't move by myself But I know when I'm weak, He's strong When I can barely breathe, there's still a song Even though it's hard right now, I'm not here on my own So when it's Seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough
You were listening to The Clark Family with Big Enough here on Faith FM. We are in the middle of our encounter with God. And before we get back into this somewhat amusing story, mm-hmm. we're going to have another clue for ah. our quiz. Okay, what city am I? The fourth clue being the spies thought that Israel Israel would have an easy victory over this city. Well, that's not very okay. flattering. It was a very small city. <laughs> but no one likes like, like ah you're you're the small whole city, fry. we'll take you in an the afternoon. whole city was like five acres I mean come on just walk up there and knock on the door and say hey guys why don't you give up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, conquer you by lunchtime we've got a couple of hundred thousand is like, like when, when are you going to go and conquer this city oh, let's do it on Tuesday yeah and that was kind of the attitude they have <laughs> it's a little bit like Australia invading New Zealand I was I think it's the same thing <laughs> let's do it on Tuesday <laughs> I've seen the ads for that right yes one of the days we do work <laughs> that's right one of the days that, let's, let's pick a work day let's not do it on a public holiday <laughs> All right, so we are in the book of Acts, and we have got a hilarious story here in many ways, but a story that is 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 demonstrating to us the power of God's grace. They've they've locked the disciples up, the angel sets them free, the disciples go back that morning and start preaching in the temple again, Um, and the the whole council is called. They sit together, um, they say, "Yep, all right, bring the disciples in," and they're nowhere to be found. And then someone comes running in and says, "Well, they're actually up preaching in the temple again." Wouldn't you stop there as a high priest or a priest saying, hey, there's something more going on here? Mm. Surely oh, absolutely. you would say, hang on, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. You would definitely, definitely do so. And uh, this, this uh, prison in Jerusalem is having a bit of a problem uh, with being able to keep people inside. And we're going to find more about that as we go through the book of Acts. But let's read more of this story. Mon, um, have you got for us there chapter 5? And let's go down to verse 26 and 27. The captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. When they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them, We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. Well, it's not that that Peter is making them responsible for his death. It's that they are responsible for his death. That's a simple reality. However, I find it interesting that, um, you know, the captain goes up there and he's like... uh, (coughs) Would you guys mind, please mind joining us down in the Gently. courthouse? Yes, yeah, yeah. Please, can we arrest you? They <laughs> didn't walk up there and slap the cuffs on them. Come quietly with me. <laughs> and they have gone, mm-hmm. you know, and because of their popularity amongst the people, clearly they could have resisted at this particular point, mm-hmm. but they don't. They go. Mm-hmm. And the high priest is like, you know, didn't we tell you? Don't do this. How does Peter respond there, um, Darren? Uh, verse 29, please. Yes, it's what Peter and the apostles replied. We must obey God rather than any human authority. And then he starts to preach a little bit of a sermonette here. And uh, what's, he, what's he preaching about? As um, Well, verse 30. The God of your ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Yeah, keep going. Wow. Then God put him in the place of honour at his right hand as prince and saviour. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. 
We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to to those who obey Him. Okay, so let's stop there for a moment. This is what the third, fourth, fifth sermon that we've had from Peter so far, mm-hmm. and every sermon has the same theme: mm-hmm. Jesus Christ crucified, risen, interceding in heaven. It's the same theme: His grace being offered to us. And uh, Darren, uh, the next verse there, uh, verse 33. When they heard this, a high council was furious and decided to kill them. Okay, so that's that's how you respond to people who can work amazing miracles and do some incredible things in your city, right? And um, They're so played with this jealousy. The green-eyed monster has got them by the throat. They're blinded, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely mm. blinded. It's, it's, a, um, it's a warning to us never to get involved in jealousy because it can blind you to reality. But also when the Holy Spirit moves, you need to realize that strange things are going to happen and to um, have our eyes and our hearts open to realize it's the Holy Spirit moving. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, not, yeah. and not call the movement of the Holy Spirit the work of Satan. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, so we, uh, we now read on about a most interesting individual. And um, Mon, why don't you read for us verse 34, 35, please? But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, men of Israel, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Keep going. Some time ago, there was a fellow Theodos who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed and all his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is, leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on your own, on their own, it'll soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. Okay, so here you've got a Pharisee. And we give the Pharisees a hard time, don't we? Mm-hmm. Pharisees are, uh, you know, they seem to be the the enemies of Jesus Christ all mm-hmm. the way through. Mm-hmm. The, the suits who are coming in and saying, hey, that's not right. They're sort of the the, um, the fun police, if you like. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. The Pharisees are definitely seen as being the fun police in, in, in the Bible. And, you know, most of the conflict that you find that Jesus is having is, is he's having it with the Pharisees. Mm, mm. Uh, probably because the Pharisees were the ones who took you know, the Bible very seriously and the Sadducees took it a lot less seriously and more philosophically. And so it gave the Pharisees more fodder for discussion maybe. I don't know. But um, you know, the Sadducees were, were the, in the ascendancy. They were the ones who were ruling at this particular time. And uh, so Gamaliel is part of a very powerful individual with a massive reputation. But he is the Pharisees are a minority. But he says something here as a Pharisee Jew that is actually very wise, isn't it? Mm, it's very wise. I love yeah. this principle. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Um, the idea is that he's saying that if it is of God, it will flourish. Mm-hmm. If not, it will die. Don't be worried about it. Don't, don't step in where God is working. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we look at that in our world today, and I think that so often, you know, we go to war so easily and so quickly, don't we? And whenever you go to war, there is always bloodshed. And uh, the, as as Gamaliel pointed out, if it's not of God, it's it's not going anywhere. 
you know, and we've got certain movements around right now. And, you know, I think we all know they're not going anywhere. They're going to cause some damage along the way and we need to do what we can to, you know, to mitigate that damage. Mm-hmm. But the reality is they have no long-term life in them. That's right. The Gamaliel Principle gives us courage to say we need to do what we know is right mm-hmm. and let God do the sorting out of others who he may be worried about. Okay, let it happen. If, if, if God's going to bless it, it will grow. If not, it'll die. And, and it gives us a way forward in many different situations. Yeah. And, and you know, when you, Gamaliel has obviously seen some supernatural things happening. And things that you can't deny, and, the, and you know, your Sadducees and so forth are just trying to deny it. They're just like, no, we, we, they don't believe it. They're just denying it, but you can't deny it. And so it's like, well, Gamaliel's like, well, you know, wait a minute, we maybe we should stop here for a moment and consider that, you know, maybe God is in this. And of course, as it turns out, this is the start. This is the foundation of the greatest religious movement that the world has ever seen. Mm. And uh, you know, as, as this movement continues and as it grows, and uh, and as we continue through the Book of Acts, here we're going to find that um, no, it doesn't come to nothing. That's right. It's, it's going to occur in something absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's going to transform the world. We're going to continue with that. Uh, this is Anthem Lights. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name! Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem.
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. I know 
listening to Anna Beden, Genuine Love, here on Faith FM. We have come to our question of the day segment. Before we get to our question of the day, which is... I'm not going to tell you. Let me give you Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm going to tell you the last clue instead. This ah. is the last clue for our What City Am I quiz. Aiken Sin led to Israel's defeat at this place, which is astounding considering we just found out it was like a place you could knock over by lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, they were defeated there a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, tiny city taking them... Taking them on and winning. If you know what city that is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Here is the question of the day. Okay. Is there a biblical way to get revenge? Absolutely there is. The Bible says that if you have an enemy, Uh you should revenge yourself upon that enemy. Uh And it even gives you a method for it. I'm very surprised right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, Absolutely. Okay. Now, so this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that um, the best method for getting revenge on your enemy is to get a uh, bucket, and I would think a steel bucket, mm-hmm. not a plastic one. They didn't mm-hmm. have plastic ones back then. So a steel bucket. Okay. Fill it full of blazing hot coals of fire, right? Uh-huh. And pot, just dump it on their head. I'm pretty sure I'd get arrested for that, Lyle, if I went around dumping coals. <laughs> Hot burning coals on That's what the Bible says. That's that's that is exactly what the Bible says. How you should get revenge on your enemy. Wow, that's uh that's um pretty extreme, Lyle. You got some enemies, Mark? I'm not really sure we should say this. Should, on we, the should, radio. We, should we should we start making a list? <laughs> Are we going to be in trouble because we tell people to light, do light, this? Light a fire somewhere out there. <laughs> well, you're the one who made a bonfire this week. <laughs> oh, I did too. That's, that's being lit on Saturday night. Maybe we should um, go there after the bonfire's over and fill up a few buckets. Yeah, invite our enemies over. <laughs> <laughs> go and seek them out and say, "Here, try this," and dump it on their heads. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now, do you want me to read that to you from the Bible? Yeah, I think I need you to read that. To okay, so it's found in two places. Places in the Bible. Okay. Proverbs chapter twenty-five and Romans chapter twelve. Oh, okay. So this is a this is a New Testament principle. This is a New Testament way of getting revenge on your enemy. Okay. Yeah, you you ready? I'm All ready. Right. I'm ready. Dearly beloved, that's a good way to start mm-hmm. about coals of fire, isn't it? Dearly beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. That means give, give let let the wrath go away. For it is written, and here he quotes from Proverbs chapter 25, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, that sounds distinct, <clears throat> distinctly different to chucking buckets of burning stuff on people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it says, right? I that just is. read you what the Bible says. The Bible says that uh, that's how we get re- revenge on our enemies. But I mean, I think I think the buckets. Like you said, that's how it will feel. That doesn't mean that, you know, that's exactly what we should do. Okay, so let me read you, read you another passage. These are the words of Jesus. This comes from the Sermon on the Mount. This is the longest recorded sermon of Jesus that we have. And in verse 43 of chapter 5, it says, Matthew 5, You have heard that it has been said, You shall love your enemy, sorry, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, (coughs) Love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those which despitefully use you and persecute you. You have been used, Mon? Yes. Do you pray for that person? Yep. Have you ever done anything good for that person? <coughs> yep. And uh, do they know that you've done good things for them? I have no idea. I didn't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. The Bible doesn't say you have to talk to them. <laughs> it, it, it is hard. You really need uh, to ask the Lord to help you do that as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And what kind of a – what has it done for you? It's helped me to let go and to move on yeah. and to, to forget – to forget it and to just um, yeah keep growing as a person and and uh, and not have bitterness and mm-hmm. and and grudge um, you know bring a grudge over it so yeah yeah I think it's a really important thing because you know particularly what the Bible says here you know if they're hungry feed them if they're thirsty give them something to drink you know if you can actually sit down and give your enemy a meal that's incredibly powerful <coughs> and of course if you turn an enemy into a friend you have just conquered your enemy haven't you mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so this is something to put into practice. It is very, very powerful. Um, if you want to get revenge, that your enemy will live rent-free in your head. Mm-hmm. That's and right. That's the last thing that you want. Anyway, this is Alison Brooke, and she's going to bring to us Circles. You're listening to Faith FM. Playing circles around my head I can't believe another word they've said So I tune my ears to the voice Of the one who's never lied My Jesus Christ Love and hope Not 
That was Alison Brook with Circles here on Faith FM and we have come to the part of the show where we get to give something away and we've been talking about children this morning and we just posted up on our uh, Facebook page, I should mention this, a very, very important video that every parent should watch. Absolutely. Every parent should watch this because it's the experience of a woman who um, caught an individual that was at church at their fellowship lunch um, grooming children mm-hmm. and called him out and it talks about how the individual responded and it helps you to understand what to expect in these kinds of situations. It will surprise you. So very, very important information right there. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about children. Why don't we give something away for children this morning? That's exactly what I was thinking. So we are giving away a book that I've been hanging on to for a while until we had a, a show that we talked about kids. It's called The Storybook, Character Building Stories for Kids by the Very Beloved Arthur S. Maxwell. Ah, Uncle Arthur's Bedtime Stories. Who didn't grow up on those? It's a sweet book. I grew up on those. My kids grew up on those. My dad grew up on those. Um, And these are just the most awesome stories ever. Yeah, they're well-beloved around the world and uh, full of great illustrations, great stories. There's Jimmy and the Jam Jars. There's all these these wonderful stories. You know, how Grandma came for Christmas, sticking pins into Billy. There's all kinds of really cool stories in here. These are character-building and moral building stories. If you want your children to grow up as moral human beings, mm-hmm. um, this is this is the book for you. You know what I love about this particular edition? What's that? Um, <clears throat> the fashions and the styles in it, like the paintings and the yeah. pictures, yeah. like really retro. Yeah, it's super cool. And for a long time, it was like really, really old-fashioned and now it's back in again. Now it's back in. <laughs> it's like it's done the full circle. Yeah, but they never changed the pictures. Yeah, I love them though. I love you know how they got their little chucks in their jeans and their t-shirts it's all kind of 50s i love it it's great yeah <clears throat> but give us a call now if you'd like to get a copy of that the number is 1-800-FAITH-FM that's 1-800-324-843 i've got a copy of those um same books from um old hardcover editions from the 1940s and 50s oh really and those ones actually they've got illustrations and a bunch of photos in them and it's just kind of it's hilarious oh, that's but of great. course these have been modernized so that they can uh be read into um, more modern children in a more modern context. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And one of the best things that you can do for your children, by the way, is to read to them. Yes, indeed. It's really good for their education. That's how I learned to read, just my parents sitting me on their lap and reading to me, and I just sort of started over time, just started to follow along after the words, and mm-hmm. I could read long before I went to school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was, um, yeah, just, just the best. Anyway... Don't forget, if you are listening to this particular program and it is not Friday the 20th, you're listening to the delayed broadcast and so you need to get with the times and listen to us on faithfm.com.au or via the TuneIn app so you can listen to the live show. Right now, we're going to head off with some more great programming and some more good music coming your way, so please stay tuned.
young and inexperienced, the child depends on you. Take them in your arms and show them love the world won't give. Pray Lord bless the little children as they grow and learn to live. A father holding hands and walking slowly by his side. A little child they hold on Healing 
disappear inside the skies Your loving arms, they draw me near And your smile, it brings me peace Draw me closer, oh my Lord Draw me closer, Lord, to Thee Jesus with you 